Right, you all settled? I'm all settled. Excellente. Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host Adrian here with a man who is the reason why Brett Favre went into retirement. Hi, Ramon. Yes, you are indeed. Today, we begin a series titled Outstanding with an episode titled... It should be me. That's right. Our scripture today comes from... 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Mm. Delicious. Delicious indeed. So let's get this podcast on the road. All right. So for this episode, we decided that we were going to talk about not so much, you know, kind of reprimanding people about having friends who are bad influences. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you're old enough to keep better company than that. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about, about keeping better company. You know, um, for this episode, we wanted to focus particularly on the story of a little boy. You might've already heard this, uh, this story because it's been all over the internet, all over. It got all sorts of attention and it's a story about a little, what is it? Six year old boy. Mm-hmm. Six. Yeah. His name is Bridger Walker. And, there was a dog that was about to attack his little sister. And when he saw that happening, very matter of factly, he just kind of thought to himself, if anyone's going to die, it should be me. And he jumped in front of that, uh, front of that dog and, and took the blow. I took a, took a savage beating by that dog who mauled him and left the, left side of his face pretty mangled up. I mean, it was, it's kind of, it's kind of brutal to watch this tough little guy. Um, and there's pictures of him recovering all over the place. And his aunt, I think was, uh, was able to send out a challenge to all the Avengers or to say good job to the kid. And they all kind of started stepping up and recording little videos. Uh, they send up to the, to the boy, Captain America, send them a, a shield and I think Tony Stark was, uh, was going to give him something else. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that turned out, but, but they're getting in contact and doing a bunch of stuff for the kid. And I'm like, you know what? Good for him. But I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away from, from the act that started all of this. You know, it's really easy to focus on the good stuff, like on the, on the after, on the good aftermath, you know, that, that comes his way. But even without thinking about that or not even thinking about that, you know, that kid made a conscious decision that others shouldn't suffer and that he will take whatever, whatever blow there is to be taken for those that he loves. And at six years old, that speaks volumes about who he is, who he was raised with and what the rest of his life is going to look like. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be getting mauled by dogs left and right, 
but what I am saying is that you have a young man at that point, you know, at so, such an early age, already ready, willing, and he's demonstrated that he is able to take on that kind of suffering for the sake of the beloved. You know, that's already more than a lot of grown men have done. Well, you've seen the movie, um, I was going to say the name of the operation, but that's not the name of the movie, uh, Lone Survivor. We actually, yes. Yeah, we want that. You know, that's the reason I think when we watch the movie, that's the reason why we uh, decided to grow beards. One of us still has his. Yeah, and uh, it's such a good movie because yeah, you, you show the the grit that these guys uh, display, and mm-hmm. not just like in the Hollywood like version of it, because the real thing was pretty savage. If you really think about it, it was four well-trained warriors yes. against the hundreds of uh of other trained warriors the freaking mm-hmm. taliban and you know long story short you, you just see these guys enduring all kinds of stuff and then they all died but one but the one that i want to focus on is not marcus latrell the the quote-unquote lone survivor but i want to focus more on on uh, lieutenant michael murphy and uh, I had heard this story, but watching it on screen in the movie theater, it just put it into perspective. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they, were, they were pinned down already. And like I said, it was, it was a lot of Taliban uh, fighters against them. They were pinned down. The, there was no communications. Like they had a, a really bad reception on their satellite radio. So what uh, Lieutenant Murphy did, he was... Uh, he he put down a, a lot of his gear so that he would weigh less, so that he would have to carry less weight to go up the hill even more into an open area where he knew he was going to die. But that's so that they could have a fighting chance at survival, so they can get better communications. So he does that. He's getting shot multiple times on top of what he's already been hurt, and he's still going and going and going until he gets to that spot. He's able to get through uh, through somebody in their combat outpost. And as he's getting shot at, you know, they say, okay, we're going to send somebody already. He's getting shot at. And he says, thank you. And then he gets killed. It's, uh, it's really crazy to think about stuff like that. You know, like, like the little boy. It's just as heroic as what Lieutenant Murphy did. And it's cool because looking at his story, uh, reading up on it, um, I think it was the, the Gracie family. Like, they're really big on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They invited yes. him to, to do that. Uh, uh, to I come saw to that. I saw that, yeah. They come to California for a free lesson and, you know, in jiu-jitsu. But he was, he's already doing jiu-jitsu, this little boy. And it's so awesome. Like it's no coincidence nope. that you have the courage, the fortitude to to say if somebody has to die, I figure it would be me. You know, it should be me. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how how that little boy. It's not that crazy, actually. No, I was going to say I'm that. Looking, yeah. yeah, looking at at his age, but his age in in this case, it, it it's just it doesn't matter. But that courage, because it made me feel like such a coward. I know for a fact I would have jumped in there. 
for sure. That's there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. I've jumped into worse situations, but at six years old, I think I would have been really scared, and I don't think I would have been as brave as him. And it's just such a contrast, you know, a, a six-year-old boy, a 34-year-old man. Yet I think he's more courageous than I am because he's got a more pure, more innocent, more loving heart than I do. And what a great example. Because we let, we let the world corrupt us. We let the bad company ruin our good morals, like the scripture says. Maybe not directly, but in a pretty indirect way. We've said this a million times before, but we're going to keep saying it. You know, garbage in, garbage out. Just straight, I'm not going to try to color it any other way. It's just garbage in, garbage out. And that little boy was feeding himself, has been feeding himself with good company and with good, with good activities, with just nothing but goodness. And that's the outcome where he saw the scary dog and he went forward. If somebody had to die, it should be me. And not this four-year-old little angel that, that's my sister. It should be me. Because I'm, I'm, I've been preparing for a battle. It's crazy. It's crazy uh, to think about that, I think. <laughs> I think so, too. I mean, so pray for... Okay. <laughs> I mean, what, what else is there to say, you know? Like, that's, that's basically it. I mean, I'm just going to hammer on that, that bad company ruins good morals part, you know? And like I said, this is not going to be a, a, your friends suck, stop hanging out with them. But there is something to be said about... Um, Man, I don't even remember who said who said this one. It's attributed to many people. So I'll just leave it up to Google to decide that you become or you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think Jim Rowe is, is quoted as saying that, but there's, who knows? You know, I know the internet never lies. So one of those names has to be the, the right one, right? Um, but, the, but the fact remains, you know, like who you surround yourself with determines who you are. So in a sense, you determine who you are. Whatever was taught at home, for better or for worse, that's your background. And sorry, that's your background. Those are your blueprints. But you decide who you become from the moment that you have the ability to make the choice of who you're going to hang out with. You determine who you're going to be for the rest of your life. Because... The way, the way that St. Paul puts it on his first letter to the Corinthians is great because he says, bad company ruins good morals. That even if you have good morals, even if you have an upright upbringing, if you choose to hang out with bad people, your morals are going to be ruined. It doesn't matter what your background is. Whoever you choose to keep company with is going to make you or break you. And so... So hang out with people like a like little little Bridger, you know, like hang out with people that have that same determination. Hopefully they're your age. Don't go out there befriending little kids. That's weird. Yeah, don't be a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Probably gonna cut that. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, but but that's that's basically what I'm getting at. You know, it's like choose choose your troop, choose your uh, tribe wisely. And we talked about it a little bit last week when we were talking to, uh, to the coach. Yeah, hey. Kramer Soderberg. And I got, it, I got it right the first time. I pronounced it correctly. We were talking about 
how we thrive in a in tribe you know like depending on who we choose as our companions we are going to thrive or not you know we're focusing on the positive here you know and you're choosing who you're listening to right now you know just by listening to this you are making a conscious decision to be part of a tribe that's out here to make you better and to make ourselves better. You know, like I said, this is a community effort. We need you probably more than you need to listen to us. There's people that I graduated in the academy with, and then they ask me, oh, how's work? And sometimes I want to tell them, do like probably same as you, but not really. Because <laughs> every facility is different. Yeah. The facility where I'm at, there's, there's a lot of gangsters and a lot of, a lot of the Mexican mafia dudes, like they're, they're housed there. So it can get pretty, pretty nasty, pretty brutal. And um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a, a post that I, that I made. Well, it's like on, on, on the, on the story here, but whatever. So one of the guys from the Academy, he's like, Hey dude, like how's, you know, your facility. I was like, dude, remember like in, in jail ops school, like how it would show us videos about that facility. He's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> like, Oh, dang. So, like I've been getting into stuff. I was like, uh, probably not as much as you think. But yeah, um, most people that work there get into stuff, even the women. But not as much, though. But but still, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's not unusual. And uh, but let me let me actually uh, look up the the post here because I, I posted something uh, dated July seventeenth, twenty twenty zero zero thirteen hours, which is thirteen minutes past midnight. Um, on the indicated day and time, lots of positive contact was made in a rough and brutal environment. Leading with love complements the toughness necessary to do the job. Stay safe and God bless. You know, people ask me, how's work? I don't know how to answer that. Like, I, I, I don't know what, because good is just so bland. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how, how else am I going to describe something that I don't really want to open up about? Like, I, I'll open up about the good stuff. And it's not like that's I'm actually a lot of stuff happens there but i'm not involved in it directly old you know not always thank god i'm I'm in a spot right now where it's really boring and usually boring is good and this spot is good but ugh. so i sit in a desk right now and i make sure that the hallways are clear so that there's no there's different classifications of inmates and if for example, like a very dangerous murderer with a high classification sees, I don't know, one of the gay inmates or a rival gang member, something is going to happen and it could escalate into something massive. And then whose fault is it? Garcia, because he didn't prevent that from happening because he let the traffic go by, like, whatever. So that's at least in my worries. Like, I'm pretty good at that. It's easy to control the traffic there. And then when inmates go to their passes, whether it's a medical pass to see their lawyer or whatever, I, I, they know the procedure. You, know, you show me your pass. I look at it. I look at your booking number and your wristband to make sure you is you. <laughs> that's, that's how I answer them. Like, oh, what are you, what are you doing? Is like, because I want to make sure you is you. And I make him laugh sometimes. You know? <laughs> All about making that positive contact, man. Um, but I look kind of not friendly at work. It's just the uniform itself and like the stuff I have on my belt is kind of, I mean, it's minimal, but it looks very like threatening. Yeah. Let's just say you're not carrying cake pops to pass them out. Yeah. And yeah, I'm small, but I am aware how intrusive my presence is there. 
Mm -hmm. how I have to ask for their pack and how I have to tell them to tuck in their shirt and put their hands in their pockets. But I try to do it in a very respectful, I do it in a very respectful way. Most of the time they, they're very cooperative because they see my tone. My, they see my tone. They see uh, my body language and they hear the tone of voice that's coming from behind the mask. And not too long ago, there was this guy um, and he looked like he had attitude. So I was like, all right, let, let, let's see what's going on with him. So I was like, hey, dude, how'd, how'd it go? He's like, man, eh, not too good. So kind of, he said it with an attitude. Like, oh, why is that? He's like, it's just nonsense. That's all. It's like, come on, man, slow down. Like, here, have a, have a, have a seat. Because I put a chair right by the desk. And uh, just have a seat, dude. Like, come on, relax. It's not like you're dying to go back to your, your housing location. And he started laughing. <laughs> See? I was like, boom, there you go. That's, uh, he opened the door right there. He's like, have a seat. Yeah. What's going on? He's like, no, my diabetes is really high. And he started telling me all his problems. I was like, all right, dude, like, I had, I had to cut him off. It's like, cool. Let's focus on one thing. The diabetes, right? He's like, yeah, like, it sucks. I was like, well, you're kind of young. How old are you? Like 25, 30? He's like, oh, 38. He's like, oh, you're still fairly young. Um, what's going on with the diabetes? Like, do you have the diabetic diet? Uh, no. Did you know you could get a diabetic, a diabetic diet? He's like, well, I don't know. Well, now you know. So I opened the, uh, the, yeah. the drawers. I get him a medical form. He's like, okay. I told him pretty much exactly what to do so that he mm -hmm. can start getting a diabetic diet. And I was very straight up with him. I told him, dude, this is going to take kind of long. But at least you're going to be doing something about it. Because complaining and just being angry, staying angry. And I told him, and to be fair, I don't, I don't, I'm not talking trash. You know, I, 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 maybe you didn't know. But now you know. So, so fill this out and start solving those problems in your life. And he gave me this look like, who the hell are you to tell me all this stuff? But it, like, I was talking to him like I was his dad. And that's yeah. what made a difference. I was like, stop complaining, dude. Let's fix this one thing at a time. Let's do the controllables. Because you can't, diabetes is a, is a beast. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you can eat very well and exercise and you're still going to lose your eyesight. You know, I mean, it, it's unpredictable. <sighs> at least, at least, like, do something about it. Yeah. Try to get the diabetic diet. And that's pretty much what I told him. Like, dude, just go ahead, man. Just, again, like, I told him how to fill out the form. And I told him, like, yeah, dude, like, you don't, wanna, you don't want this to get all bad. And then you have to get amputated. And you're stuck in this horrible place. And then that's only going to add to the list of things to get angry about. So let's focus on what we can take care of, all right? He just His attitude just completely changed. And it cost me nothing. And he left, like, happy. He's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Like, yeah, dude. Have a good night. Simple. Simple. Our dogs are going to be different, huh? Like, we don't know what, what dog's going to approach us or what dog is going to approach whoever we love, you know? And, and throwing ourselves in front of it may cost us nothing. But either way, it's going to make, it's going to make a difference in the lives of those who we're being entrusted with. You know, you're being entrusted with taking care of people that that most of us don't want to take care of because mm -hmm. of what they've done, because of who they are in our minds, in our in our hearts. You know, I've been I've been having a lot of time because uh, I'm a teacher, and so teachers aren't working right now, and and I've been learning about things that are happening around the world, and we're going to talk a little bit more about them next week, but. But man, like there's certain people who I 
who I have to admit, I wouldn't want to help, you know, and sometimes to you, it may be nothing, but to, to imperfect men like me, it, it's an extremely heroic act, you know, something that I wouldn't want to do. And you're doing it every day. Um, I'm pretty sure I try my best, but I just say that because I don't have to be in that situation. You know, I put myself in a different situation and I was going to tell a story about like how I, and I, I will, I guess. Now, I'm not going to just leave it like that and, and say, oh, I had a story, but I'm not going to tell you. Going back to the whole idea of, of choosing your tribe and whatnot. And I also try to make a difference everywhere I go. That's kind of part of the mission. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm getting hired at, at places right now. Um, I think I already shared that I lost my job at the end of the, of the school year because we didn't have enough numbers for next year. But I developed enough relationships that my three recommendations came from my newest job. I didn't have to reach back to the old job where I spent uh, about nine years. Um, and, and there were great recommendations. As a matter of fact, the person that, I, that one of the people that recommended me had a friend that is a department chair of the department that I'm going to be working at in this new school that I got a job in. And it's a high school, which is pretty cool. But it wouldn't have happened unless I built the relationships that I built where I was at a certain time. You know, and you don't have to look for a sign as big as that dog that's raging and, and about to hurt someone you love. Like, just start with where you are doing what you can in the place that you're at, you know, like with the tools that you have. You don't even have to look that far. I mean, the coach last time, Kramer, said... Uh, said that in his team, his dad, who was a coach as well, only had three rules, right? Show up, show up on time, do the best you can. And that, and that hit me because God is not asking you to do what Ramon can do. You know, God is not asking you to do what Adrian can do. God is not asking you to do what, I don't know, what anyone else is doing. God is asking you to do your best, not someone else's best. And whatever challenge he's preparing you for, he's preparing you for it as we speak. It doesn't start later. It didn't start yesterday. And if it did and we failed, it starts again today. So in that spirit, we ask you to be, that like, to be like that little boy. You know, that little boy that probably did his best every single day so that when the time came, he was able to say, if someone's going to die, I think it should be me. If someone's going to sacrifice, you know it should be us. And so as we continue on this path, pray for us. And we'll pray for you. Ferm. Pablo. Aguitur. with a man who is the reason why Brett fart, I, Brett fart, <laughs> take two, action.